0: Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha
1: Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for our bi-weekly catch-up on the markets by two experts this week – Wayne Bryan, Director of European Gas Research at Refinitiv and Jason Durden, our Head of Energy and Markets and Risk Management at Alpha. So welcome to both of you and starting off with Wayne, we're going into the winter period. What does the outlook like for gas consumers?
0: Actually at the moment, uh, Jeremy, and good morning as well. At the moment, what we're looking at is pretty much similar in terms of the outlook to the last couple of winters. Storages are very comfortable. The weather has been relatively mild, and again, we've seen it uh, temperatures revised a bit higher over the coming weeks. On the supply side, we're seeing strong piped imports from Norway, Russia. I think LNG, again, I've mentioned is the key for us. Uh, we had that at the start of the summer when the US LNG uh, arrivals into northwest Europe started to slow. We saw about 25 to 35 cancellations per month, which give the market a little tick up. As we now enter the winter, uh, we're starting to see some signs of US LNG coming into Northwest Europe, UK included. And what we see moving forward is November and December uh, can be two of the strongest months we've seen over recent years in terms of LNG arrival. Overall, in the winter period itself, we forecast about a one BCM drop year on year. However, when you look at storages, uh, not only just Northwest European storage, which again, around the 90 to 93% mark. We're also looking at Ukraine, uh, where a lot, several players across Europe have got about 8 bcm worth of gas in Ukrainian storage. That storage can be kept for three years, so it doesn't mean we're definitely going to see it. But again, it adds another bearish slant to the winter. Also as well, we've got the, the start of the, the tap pipeline which should as well see northwest uh, gas demand from Italy start to fall as well. So overall reasonably comfortable. And I've not even mentioned the the global pandemic, which also has seen demand from industrial start to fall. And the recent restrictions that we've seen, although not quite as strong as the restrictions we saw in March, they're also going to see some form of impact uh, on industrial demand. Whereas on the flip side, looking at residentials, if we do see an extended cold spell like we saw Uh, With, For example, with the polar vortex, with occupancy rates a lot higher, it's a slight risk that a week or two of really cold temperatures and everyone being at home with the heating on all day uh, can have a bullish impact. But at the moment, reasonably comfortable. And we're seeing that in the price movement. The recent price movement has been a little bit softer and now it's started to sort of stabilise. So unless we see any real disruptions or unexpected outages, like we saw a couple of years ago, 40's pipeline, for example, I think at the moment we're reasonably stable
1: well that sounds rather positive actually on the supply side of course some uncertainties on demand suppressed a little at the moment because the coronavirus crisis but potentially some good news you mentioned Wayne. Uh, is this the the response to the potential of vaccines being available is that likely to uh, make the markets a little bit more bullish
0: definitely because if we do get this successful vaccine and you've seen what if you look at the sort of stocks that have started to rise travel stocks leisure industry, the hospitality, etc. These are industries which do use a lot of energy. So if we see a return to sort of, I'll say normality, that's probably not the right word to use. But if we see things start to recover, especially into next year, if we start getting this vaccine distributed and it does pass all the tests, then yes, it would be uh, a little bit bullish uh, for prices. But you can see the market now hasn't had a real bullish impact on prices. But The the more good news we get on this vaccine and once we start understanding how it's going to be distributed, etc., we can see a a slight bit of bullishness, especially with the related fuels. You've seen oil rise a little bit as well.
1: So Jason, looking at the wider impact on the energy markets, are things looking similarly stable in power as they are in gas? What's the outlook looking like there and uh, are we seeing political matters impact on the markets at all?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, a lot to cover there, Jeremy. We've got, um, in terms of power, we have had a couple of notices served by... The system operators uh, regarding a shortage of uh, supply or potential shortage of su- supply that has kept the markets very interested on the day ahead market hasn't really extended out further than that. But uh, you'll notice over the last couple of weeks, we've had a couple of notices that have caused UK baseload day ahead prices to be significantly higher than their sort of um, yeah, european equivalents that really i suppose is the product of the long-term shift away from baseload fuels and more reliant on wind we've had um quite a volatile time with either periods of uh, great wind or no wind on the system in the last few weeks and um that transition whilst there's enough gas and some of the other source fuels are, are are doing okay there can be a, a few pinches around peak demand, particularly in the cold spell we had a couple of weeks back ago, And that really has kind of underlined the fact that, you know, when you are replacing base load with um, sort of in, in more intermittent renewables, you are almost baking in a little bit more volatility into the market. What I would say for, for most of our customers is that, the sort of month ahead and the season ahead market have been relatively uh unimpacted by that but certainly if it were to continue to be a regular feature it would end up having to be reflected further out so you know one or two Indications of changes uh, in terms of a move to sort of less base load and more intermittent, or or a more binary system between gas and wind, effectively. So that's worth bearing in mind. But no, I mean, uh, generally speaking, it's been, as Wayne has said, a very benign sort of start to the winter season with fairly good levels of wind looking better on uh, LNG fronts which have been pretty much at 18 levels as we come into early November so far so a, a real step down from what we saw last year but uh, as Wayne and his team at Refinitiv have said sort of um, you know actually looking better for the the prognosis is better for the rest of this year of course then you spice in the extra stuff from the uh, the US uh, elections and uh, obviously the good news on um, at least the trend of direction in terms of a vaccine and uh, the markets have had quite a bit I mean yesterday about 11 30 to 12 o'clock yesterday as this news broke um, the markets were quite interesting. I think the one thing that I picked up on overnight with the U.S. equity markets, which set the tone for carbon pricing at least in in, in the UK energy uh, sphere, was that we were actually seeing the stocks that had been hardest hit. Actually, those were the ones that benefited most from yesterday's news, and that actually some of the tech stocks that have become very inflated over recent months were actually down. So the Nasdaq lost ground yesterday so for all of the euphoria and perhaps as markets often do or or are designed to do the the front running of actually what the reality means I think um, you know we're actually looking at um, some more positive news in terms of normality for uh, for 2021.
1: Well, let's hope so in, in a number of different ways, uh, but one of those sorts of normality is, is getting power stations and, and other energy infrastructure back into full operation for the, for the winter. Has that process largely concluded? Are there some overhanging works going on there, Jason, we should be concerned about, or uh, uh, does it look like we're kind of out of the woods on that?
2: So there are a few bits and pieces, but it looks as if so the biofuel systems, particularly Drax, seems to have come back from maintenance. We're seeing around six gigs of UK nuclear on the system, which is in line with what we would expect and hope. I think uh, once again, the guys at Refin have actually been saying that uh, the outlook for French nuclear and UK nuclear for the rest of this quarter actually looks stronger than had been forecast earlier in the summer, and that can only be stable or or slow. Slightly bearish for prices in the longer term.
1: And Wayne, uh, looking ahead again, uh, based on what you've said, is it a question of n- no news is good news as far as consumers are concerned or are there some things we ought to watch out for that could affect LNG deliveries or indeed demand as a result of the weather changes?
0: Yeah there's definitely is uh, i mean as much as i sound very very bearish or there is always risks um, and some of these risks that we're talking about here when especially when it comes to lng the asian market is a little bit tighter if we get the Nina effect which means a very cold uh, asian winter then what we might see is there's potential for sort of bidding war between europe and asia in a cold winter scenario that for us is most definitely a bullish risk because if that does happen then we're going to have to bid a lot higher and then we might not get the volumes that we have we foresaw uh, or what we see at the moment. Also, as well, you've got to look at polar vortex event. Like I mentioned before, if that sort of happens in the midst of a lockdown, then uh, the domestic LDZ demand uh, increase would, uh, would be quite strong. And actually, I've got a meeting with National Grid next week uh, to discuss that, which will be quite interesting. Again, we're looking at the weather. I mean, you look at the forecast now, the Met Office and our own internal uh, early winter forecast both point to, are warmer than usual November and December. And again, it could be warm, wet and windy could be the theme uh, for Q4 this year. Storages I've mentioned, but there's also Gazprom storages as well. Uh, They're another bearish factor. They've got about nine BCM available for the start of winter 20. And if you look over the last five years, only winter 19 uh, had higher levels of storage. So on that point, we're looking really good, but there is still risks as well. French nuclear, as Jason alluded to, we've looked at the capacity availability and it is a lot higher than the past five years. But as we all know, it's a very unstable variable. Numerous things can go wrong when it comes to French nuclear. So that, again, as much as it might sound bearish, it's still there is still risk of that as well. Lower Dutch production. Groningen has lowered its quota once more. So there's not really as much flexibility as there used to be. So that also can be a bullish uh, risk. And also, if you look at the infrastructure in the North Sea, quite old we could see some, as I mentioned earlier, actually, we could see some extended maintenances or some unforeseen outages that can really push prices uh, like we've seen before. So there are some risks. And of course, now with the, with the potential for a vaccine and a, a quicker recovery to normality than previously thought would also be uh, reasonably bullish as well for these markets. So there is still quite a few risks. But at the moment, we're quite comfortable, but moving into Q1, you don't know what's going to happen at that yet but yeah things are relatively flat and yeah the outlook is quite good at the moment
1: well, that's encouraging. And, and Jason, uh, lastly for you, um, in particular in the light of the um, uh, what's emerged from the United States, but not a process not yet quite completed. Um, are we going to see, you know, significant changes there that could affect the markets in the medium to longer term? Uh, the relationships with Iran and Russia and China and so on and, and, and possible energy policy shifts as well that, um, you know, we ought to keep an eye out for.
2: Yeah, I think um, it's well known that, uh, assuming uh, Biden-Harris is the, uh, um, uh, the, the ticket into uh, 21, that uh, they will be looking to tone down the trade wars with China and the EU, which uh, the EU one has just ramped up again this week, with the EU taking salutary measures against in the Boeing Airbus war. 4 billion euros worth of sanctions on the Americans announced uh, overnight. So that should go away we should see obviously the Americans rejoining the global community on carbon just cements the one-way ticket that we're seeing here in Europe. I think, you know, potentially the whole fracking and sort of less accommodative to uh, big oil of a Biden administration may play out. I think that might be a little bit overstated though. I think it's still American politics. American politics is uh, driven um, in, in very small measure. I don't necessarily see... I see the mood music changing more than the short-term policy, but I think as you sort of asked in your question, longer term, I think you have to see a bit more of a... um, whilst this administration or the the new administration is involved, then uh, I think we can can see more of a less of a maverick or standout or isolationist policy from America uh, and more of a, a harmonious relationship with the sort of travel of direction in Europe in terms of carbon and oil and, uh, uh, and just uh, fossil fuels as a, as a whole.
1: Wayne, a very quick last word for you, you broadly in agreement with that, are there some risks there yep. for gas supply from uh, America if the restrictions on where uh, exploration and production can be carried out, or do you think it's, it's actually less of a concern than perhaps some think?
0: I think it is a small concern because they are, I mean, as you know, with Trump, he, he was the sort of guy that drill anywhere ripped open you know a lot of places that under the previous administration they weren't allowed to to do any drilling whether that be for gas uh, or for oil so there could be some impact and of course if the trade deal with china is resumed and relationships are improved then we really could see china start taking more lng which again would be a little bit more bullish for northwest europe But i think as Jason alluded to, there's, there's a lot going on. At the moment, it's a little bit too early, but I think we will see some impacts on the energy industry next year once we get a clearer idea of the, the policy uh, of the Biden, uh, Biden and Camilla Harris. So, yeah, I, I'm generally in very much in agreement uh, with what Jason said. There's still quite a bit of uncertainty ahead, but we do expect some changes uh, to policy which will have some form of impact, whether bullish or bearish, we're not sure yet, but we do definitely see there will be some impact.
1: Well, that's incredibly interesting. Thank you both for your insights. Um, You know, I I reflect that perhaps 2020 has been uh, not just uh, unusually interesting, but rather too interesting for comfort as a year. (laughs) And and, and let's hope in uh, in the markets and otherwise um, things are a little bit different in 2021. Well, if you enjoyed that conversation and found it useful, uh, do have a look at our reports on our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK And we hope you join us for a podcast again soon.